Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...of fall and changing of seasons take place to know that there are different seasons in all of our lives. And with those different seasons, we learn different things. For us as a church, we like to take time at the beginning here to take a moment and pray for our missionaries and people that we're serving and helping support. I told this to the congregation Wednesday night, but wanted to let you know that for those of you who give toward our ministry outreach over in Malawi, Africa, uh, this past week we were able to send off $800 to Pastor Maston to be able to put new metal sheeting on the church that they're building in Lalongwe. So that is wonderful, that process. They've got the walls and things up, and the metal sheeting will make a huge difference as the seasons change and the rainy seasons come there over in Malawi. So praise the Lord for that. Amen? And then uh, let's go ahead and pull up our missionary picture, if you would, for me here. All right. This is Javentino and Maria Arredondo. Believe me, I worked on Javentino's name a lot this week. They are establishing new churches up in Arequipa, down in Peru. Uh, that's one of the first places when we took our first missions trip, we were down in Peru. And Arequipa is actually up in the mountains. It's not too far from where the Incas were, this type of thing. And uh, they are built actually on a dormant volcano. <laughs> so everything around it there, the airstrip, when we landed on that uh, airstrip, the pilot was telling all of us, he said, by the way, just so you know, you've just landed on a volcano. So if that doesn't get you to pray, I don't know what will. But uh, they're up there with their kids. They're in the process of planting new churches up in that area. And so we want to pray for them and hold them up today. Will you join me? Heavenly Father, we lift up this Arandindo family to you. And we believe for the power of Almighty God to flow through Arequipa, Peru. I thank you for what they're doing, that you'll bless them and their children and use them to preach the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, well, being that it's the fourth Sunday, normally we have the kids' choirs in here to sing for us, but uh, they're in the process of working on their Christmas music, and so this month or next month they won't be doing that because Christmas is coming, wow, very fast. So I know you parents that have kids in the children's program, you know your kids have been practicing songs and getting that down, and uh, you'll be hearing those songs a lot in the next few weeks here. But the fourth Sunday, we also take time every month and talk a little bit about, well, it's been two, about two years now that we had switched our affiliation for us as an independent church and came under the covering of the Foursquare Association. And so we talk a little bit about what Foursquare is and give you a little bit more background on it. Um, let's go ahead. We've got a group of slides together here on the projector. And uh, Emmy, have you put? Great. All right. This first slide that you see is the emblem that is used for representing the Foursquare gospel. In the 20s and 30s, the term Foursquare was something that a lot of people used in talking, meaning that it was something that was evenly balanced. And so that was the term that was given eventually to Amy Simple McPherson when she was praying about what God was calling her to do. So you know the emblems that are up there. You'll see that the first one, of course, is the cross. He's the Savior, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, healer with communion cup, and soon coming king. Those are the four points of the four square gospel. Go ahead and pull up our second picture, if you would. Uh, when we were out at convention this year, this is one of the pictures that we saw uh, of Amy Simple McPherson. It was a painting that was made of her. She was a Canadian girl who had heard God speak to her as she was actually in the public school. Her teachers were teaching evolution and Darwinism, and she thought to herself, why should I keep going to church if there's nothing to it? And she asked God, make yourself real to me. If you're real, and she tells the story as it goes along that she was going home in a sleigh, you know, because it's always snowy in Canada. 
just in case Jessica and Matt ever wonder. It's always snowy up there. And uh, she was going home in a sleigh, and she stopped her sled, and one night as she was looking up at the stars, she heard God speak to her and make himself real. And she, at that point, said, I'll never turn my back on the word of God ever again. And so at that point, God began to work with her and place his call in her life. You got to understand and remember that at this time in history, there were not a whole lot of lady pastors, let alone preachers. It was mainly men that were out preaching the word. And as the full gospel message started to permeate through America, as it was in the rest of the world in the early 1900s, Amy was a lady who answered the call and said, here am I, Lord, send me. So there's other things we've talked before about her, but I want you to be able to see this picture. Let's pull up uh, number three, if you would. This is the cornerstone on the building of Angela's Temple that it was actually dedicated on New Year's Day, January 1st, 1923. They went ahead and put a float in the Tournament of Roses parade, had Amy and people from the church all walking in the parade, and they went right down the street, eventually got down to Angela's Temple and had the prayer meeting, and uh, right out in front of the place dedicated it, and that day there was over 5,000 people that filled Angela's Temple to hear the word of God. She had been preaching and traveling across the country doing what God had asked her to do. And uh, she was a lady who believed that she didn't want to have debt going into it. So they raised the money to be able to build the temple. The first $5,000 came in, paid for the excavating and getting the footings all put in place. And then there was actually a leader from Romania who had come to America because he had heard about her and the power of God to heal. And he was diagnosed with a they didn't give the exact sickness that was there, but it was supposed to have killed him. And he came to be prayed for because no one in that area had any faith to believe for healing still happening today. And so she laid hands on him, anointed him with oil, and God miraculously healed him and raised him up. When he went back to Romania, he knew what she was about in the work over in Los Angeles, and he literally sent her two bags of gold just to give thanks and honor to God. And the rest of the temple was built with those two bags of gold. It was the largest uh, sitting area in any kind of an auditorium west of the Mississippi River. And it was built completely debt-free. Praise the Lord. So she was about the work, about preaching the gospel and things that were going on and knew how important it was to educate young people so that they would go out and start preaching the word also. So this next picture is what was called Life Bible College. Now Life, L-I-F-E, stood for Lighthouse of International Foursquare Evangelism. That's where that acronym came from there. And uh, life was there preparing and training people for the ministry for many, many years. Uh, as it continued to grow and Los Angeles changed around it, uh, they began to eventually make plans to move the campus to another location. But with life being in California and people being graduated and going out and spreading the gospel, they also knew that it was important in 1957 to go ahead and put another Bible college or training center east of the Mississippi River. And so let's pull up number five. And uh, this is actually where Pastor Tanya and I went to Bible college out in Mount Vernon, Ohio. That was the main building. There were classrooms, gyms, chapel, other things that were there on campus. But uh, guys, that upper, that fourth floor, far right room, my roommate and I, we had that room. And it still stands. No, it's not still there today. <laughs> but we were actually uh, out there going to school. And eventually when we graduated in 1983, it was a couple years after that that they had an opportunity. Now, you don't hear too many stories like this, but there had been an Islamic institute that had been built in Christiansburg, Virginia. And they went bankrupt. Hallelujah. And uh, so this place, it was a $4.5 million complex that was put up on the market, and Foursquare was able to buy it for less than a million dollars. So they sold the property there in Ohio and moved the Bible College down to Christiansburg, Virginia. Eventually, well, they had called it Life East at that point, but they decided instead of leaving it as a four-year institute, or a, sorry, a four-year college, that they would make it more of a two-year institute. Um, let's go ahead and pull up number six. This is a 
picture of the building there. This is the main building uh, where administration and classrooms, and that is now called Ignite Life Pacific College. It's a two-year school. And what's happening, if you remember what I said uh, last week here, right now, if all the churches in America, no matter what denomination, in the next 15 years, if they have pastors that are retiring, the amount of students that are coming out of Bible college and seminar, uh, seminaries, only 30% of all the churches that would have retiring ministers would have anybody ready to step in and take their place. So there's a huge need in the body of Christ in every denomination to get preachers raised up and going out and taking the word. So with the two-year institute, they've cut out some of the other things with the four-year degree and are preparing people to go out and preach the word. Now, let's pull up number seven, uh, Life Pacific College. Life in California moved to San Dimas, California, and uh, this campus was built. And let's go to slide number two. This is uh, orientation day. As people are coming in, those are some of the dorms and classrooms that are out there. And let's go to the third one. And this is an area starting the dormitories for the girls and the guys' dorms. And uh, it's just a fantastic-looking college. Man alive, I think about all the cool winters we had in Ohio. Whew, that looks pretty good. But uh, that is a four-year school. Now, they not only offer their degree uh, in four-year uh, BA in Bible, but they also have a degree in business. They have several other degrees. That's why they changed the name to specific, uh, Pacific College in order to not just have it a Bible college, but to train people for other areas and callings and jobs. And so we very much encourage, if anybody's thinking about school, you know, there's everything from Oral Roberts down in Tulsa where Meg went, and uh, Evangel College down in Springfield, Missouri, but there's also Life Pacific College out in California. So it's a good, good area of expansion and ministry training. And then go ahead and pull up our last one, if you would. And, you know, through the years, we've used our Bible Institute to be able to help train and educate. But we're at the place right now with what we're doing to expand our curriculum because I believe within the next five years, we'll be helping to plant other churches throughout the Midwest. And we're believing that God's going to raise up, whether it be people here that are already here in our church or people that God will send in that will be trained, and we will send them out to spread the gospel and see new churches established. We've got to reach our world for Christ. And so our goal is that by 2017, all the curriculum will be set up. We'll be ready to make it so that if you want to take partial classes, you can. But if you want to be able to go full-time for schooling, you'll be able to do that. And within a two-year period, have you ready to be prayed over and have your license to get out and start preaching the gospel. So it's something we're doing. And if you remember at the beginning of the year, God spoke to us about really pushing in on ministry for our kids and our teenagers to help them get leadership training and to help them just advance in their hunger for God. And so this past uh, several weeks at the beginning of the month here, we got together with our kids group that we call Young Lion and Lioness Club. Those are nine and 10 year olds. They're learning scripture, they're memorizing, they're getting training on leadership and so many different things. And so what we'll do is right after January, we'll be starting something for our teenagers that'll be called God's Generals. And it will take those that are in youth group and begin to train them to help hear the voice of God. Is the Lord calling them to the ministry? Is he calling them to work in the local church? There's so many different things. And, and all I know is this, kids can hear God's voice. I was saved when I was 11. I knew that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at 13, but it was when I was 12 years old, that's when God appeared to me one night when I was getting ready to bed and Jesus stood at the foot of my bed and asked me if I would preach the word. Kids can hear from God. And I believe that with all my heart. So these are things we're pursuing and things that we're trusting God with. And we're excited about this new affiliation and the possibilities that are there for us to expand our outreach into the world. Amen? Amen? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we believe that as you teach us and train us, we can answer your call. Now help us spread the word. Help us continue to reach out in every nation throughout the world. That's why you gave us that name, Faith Walk World Outreach Center, that we would send out people to every part of this world to share the good news that Jesus saves. In your precious name, amen. Amen. 
All right, well, go ahead and grab your Bible as we get ready for today's teaching, and let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
Now, keep this in mind, and let's look over in Mark chapter 16 for a moment. Go back to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, chapter 16, and verse 15. Most people have always heard this called the Great Commission. Let's take a look at it. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18, Jesus is talking, and he says to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Would you say that last part with me? They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. This is why we have a God that we serve, that when we read the Word of God and we find how it speaks over and over to us, that we have one who is a Savior. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. He is the healer, and then he is coming again. We have a God who has covered every part of our lives and makes it possible that if you believe, you'll receive. Now, why is this so important? Because the funny part is Satan wants to try to destroy the works of Christ. He wants to try to stop you. You see, you're the biggest threat to the demonic kingdom that's there. You are the one who loves people. You are the one who encourages them. You're the one who's out there reaching out, throwing people a lifeline. Because you know that when you give your heart to Christ, it changes everything inside you. It changes your priorities. It changes your destiny for eternity. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It does all these things for us. Well, then what all is here? And why in the world do even some churches preach against the gifts of the Spirit? Boy, it's a shocker at times when you see this because, you see, on the day of Pentecost, tongues were the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Spirit. And what happens in our church world today, unfortunately, is there's a lot of conflict about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the good news is, years ago, there's different terminology, and if you're new to this, it's going to sound strange. But there are evangelical churches. All right, what does that mean? Well, we could get brought into as an evangelical church because we preach Jesus saves. That sounds strange, I'm sure, but there are some churches that don't preach Jesus saves. It's goofy. Why would you even go to church if you don't believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? But we have churches that may not preach salvation, but there are evangelical churches that preach being born again, and that's a good thing. Amen. But there are some within evangelical circles that don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They think that all the gifts stopped at the time that the last apostle died. Now, I want you to know that throughout church history, the gifts of the Spirit have always been in operation. There have been remnants of people throughout church history who have been used by God. And early in the 1900s, even in our country, in Topeka, Kansas, there were people together on New Year's. Boy, there's something powerful about new starts, isn't it? They were together on New Year's Eve, and a woman named Agnes. Do you have any Agneses that you know? And you see a picture of an Agnes in your head? <laughs> I knew several Agneses. I've got pictures in my head of Agnes. Well, I want you to know this lady named Agnes was there in Topeka, Kansas with these people that were praying. And they didn't know exactly what they were praying for, but they were praying for the power of God to come back to the church. And as they got together on New Year's Eve, as the clock hit midnight, they continued to pray and call out to God. And Agnes started praying in tongues. Glory to God. Now, tongues is not a language you learn. It's not like Spanish. I have learned Spanish. I've showed you that before. It's just like this is an El Biblio. This is an El Fono. That is a La Boy and a La Girl. Now that might be not the Spanish that normal people speak, but uh, that's my Spanish. Hope you're having fun. If I just insulted you, I'm sorry about that. Is it okay if I say that for Spanish? You guys are all right here. You know that that's just my version, right? 
<laughs> Spanish, French, German, lots of people learn different foreign languages. You don't learn tongues. You don't come in and say, now what's going to sound like tongues? And you have people who, I've unfortunately met people like this. You want to start speaking in tongues, you need to say this. You need to say economy condominiums real fast. Economy condominium, economy condominium, economy condominium. Folks, that's not how you speak in tongues. It's got to come from the spirit, not from being squirrely. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be squirrely. You don't say, she comes on a Honda, she comes on a Honda, she comes on a Honda. That's not tongues. When tongues happen, it is from the Spirit of God in you. It is the Spirit praying through you. There are times you're going to know what you're saying and you'll get the interpretation of it in your prayer time. There'll be times that the Bible says that my understanding is unfruitful. But what are you doing? You're praying the secrets or the words of God. Satan does not understand it when you are praying in your heavenly language. So let's see a little bit more that's here. Why would churches stop and forbid those kind of things? Well, I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. He's always been a liar. He wants to stop the church. He wants to stop the church from reaching mankind, and we are not going to be stopped. And so what happened after the early 1900s, large groups of people from every kind of denomination that's out there all started getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they had had nobody teach them how to pray in tongues. The Spirit came. My family was a part of a Methodist church, and when we got filled with the Holy Spirit in the early 70s, that was not something that was prominent within the Methodist church. But I can remember my mom and dad receiving. I remember when myself, when I was in a prayer meeting and just wanting to thank God for what he had given me, I wanted more of the Lord. This is not something that you do just do casual. You need to want God. This is what happens. You will receive his power and strength as you wait upon him. And I remember being in that Methodist church in the church parlor at a prayer meeting that was going on and just waiting upon God, sitting in that chair. You know what? I didn't even have my hands up. I just was sitting in that chair saying, Lord, I want more of you. And I began to pray. Once you receive the gifts of the Spirit, it is yours forever. And the good thing about the gifts of the Spirit is all nine gifts that we read about here, all these nine gifts that you heard about, you have them in your life. You don't need them all the time. But when you need them, they're there. Just like the word of wisdom we talked about last week, it's about something in the future. That would be something if you were in a, a prayer meeting or if you were by yourself praying, and after you'd prayed in the Spirit, then you got the interpretation, and it was about something that was going to be in the future. Sometimes God does that for churches as he speaks to them about the direction of their church, where they're going to be going, how things are moving ahead. There's times that he gives a word of knowledge, and that word of knowledge can come about something that's happening now. When a person's in a prayer line and the Spirit of God moves on whoever's praying and just says to them, you're receiving that now in Jesus' name. At that moment, the manifestation happens and something takes place. That's a word of knowledge. And as we went through all these gifts, I'm not going to go back over them all today here, but the importance of what those gifts do in us, they are there to be a blessing to you. The gifts of the Spirit are not to make you feel superior to anybody else. Hear me out. Sometimes through church history, Pentecostals, charismatic, spirit-filled people have been accused rightfully of becoming navel gazers. You know what I mean? We, we just are so into ourselves that we forget about the world. And the evangelicals are still out there preaching the gospel and getting people saved. Praying in the Spirit, having the gifts of the Spirit is not the ultimate high in your life. The ultimate high in your life is that Jesus saved you. See, we've got to know that you were given the gifts to be empowered, not just to use it when you come into church for a few minutes every Sunday or every Wednesday. You need to use the gifts of the Spirit during the week. You need to have it in your heart that God's giving you power so that the next time you feel chicken to witness to somebody at work or in your uh, uh, school or wherever you are, God gave you that authority to be able to be bold. Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times, and then on that day that the baptism of the Holy Spirit showed up on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up before everybody and said, this is that. 
There's nothing that tells us in Scripture there were people that saw him deny Jesus there. But you know what? What if somebody had been there and saw him deny Jesus and now he was standing on the public streets proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord? That this baptism of the Holy Spirit was going to change lives forever. It changed Peter's life. So let's never just think about the gifts of the Spirit as making us superior to somebody else. You know what? None of us are superior to anybody. The only thing we have is Jesus, and we lift him up. Hallelujah. All right. So let's go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14, and let's take a look at verse 39. It's interesting, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 are so tied together. Because in chapter 12, we see about the gifts of the Spirit. We see that we start to understand what he's labeling and calling them. The 13th chapter is the love chapter of the Bible. It talks about what we really do. Listen, we've got to love. Jesus loves people. Aren't you glad that Jesus loved you and I when we were still sinners? Christ died for us. You can't get good enough to get the approval of God. You can't earn your salvation. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Then chapter 14 comes along and it starts talking about all the different things of the gifts of the Spirit and the order that happens and and how it takes place within the church. Look at verse 39. As the apostle speaking here, he says, Therefore, brethren desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with other tongues. So we talked about last week how that when someone would give a prophetic word in the church service does not mean that they're a prophet, but that the gift of the Spirit is operating through them. And they may say something like this, thus saith the Lord, and then they begin to speak something out. It's going to be there to bless the entire church. Now, if you're with someone privately, there will be a message and you're praying together and someone started to prophesy, it might just be for the two of you that are there. But God uses his gifts to bring blessing to people and to challenge us to grow. God will not try to use a counterfeit. God will not try to embarrass you in front of anybody else. Okay? Don't ever be worried, I can't go up to the prayer line because I'm sure as soon as pastor prays over me, he's going to get a word from God and he'll know the sin that I was doing. Listen, if that would ever happen, I would never embarrass you because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What, what, what good would it do to ever embarrass you in front of anybody else? Your family, your friends, or anything else like that? Don't think that God's in the business to embarrass. God's in the business to lift you up. Hallelujah. Years ago, uh, one of the families from our church that moved down to Florida, Marge and Dick Jarvis, they had come from a church that was over in Davenport, and we had just moved into this building. And I'll never forget Marge telling us one time, she said, you know, she goes, there's lots of times I feel like I want to come up front to be prayed for, but, you know, I don't want people to really think that I'm a big sinner. And, you know, Marge was a big woman. She was tall. She had worked down an International Harvester. She was a funny lady and always talked from her heart. And I remember talking to her. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, in the church we were in, if people went up front to be prayed for, we all knew that they had been really sinning big that week. And so people would say, oh, my, did you see who went up to the altar? And I said to Marge, that's not what's happening here. I said, this altar needs to be the most wonderful place in your church life. When you come to the altar, there may be times you have to unburden some things before God, but nobody's going to look at you and think, wow, what's wrong with them? They went to the altar. The altar's here for you to be prayed for. The altar's here for you to be healed and touched. The altar is here for the place that the Spirit of God touches us in this place. When she got hold of that, I'll never forget, man, for several weeks in a row, she came up every time we had an altar call. What do you need today, Marge? I just wanted to come up and spend time with Jesus. It changed her life, but she had heard somebody make it sound like the altar should be a place that's scary and that God's going to get you. Aren't you glad God doesn't have get you moments? That he is loving and caring and thank God for his salvation. Amen? So here we see the apostle talk, and he says here, listen, desire, desire that you can have these gifts, but don't forbid to speak with tongues. 
Now, there's one large church uh, within our community that is an evangelical church, but there's lots of spirit-filled people that go to it. But if you go to this church's website, you'll see on the website it says when it comes to the, they talk about what things that they believe, and it lists the Holy Spirit, and then it says, we do not believe that the modern charismatic movement has anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Those things do not take place in our church. And I never forget, I ran into someone who was going to that particular church, and they were talking to me, and I said, well, aren't you spirit-filled? And they said, well, yeah, so is our church. I said, did you ever read the website? Well, no. I said, what makes you think it's spirit-filled? Well, when we sing songs, people raise their hands. Listen, people raise their hands at sporting events. They had the thought that they were in a spirit-filled church, but there was never any manifestations of the spirit. I'm not putting them down. They do a wonderful job. They're saving lots of people. But you need to know that if you're spirit-filled, it, it should be important to you. You need to use the gifts of the Spirit every day in your life. This isn't something you just say, well, I, all right, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's move on to the next thing. The next thing is every day living for Jesus. That's the next thing. So keep this in mind. Look a few pages further back in your Bible to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. I, like I said, I'm not putting that particular church down, but you need to know what you're believing. You need to find out what's going on. In Ephesians 5 and verse 18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Remember on the day of Pentecost, <laughs> all these people, 120 of them that were in the upper room, they spilled out on the streets, and they were talking and giving glory to God. They were speaking in tongues. And remember what somebody said, what's wrong with those people? Are they drunk? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. You know what? Because they seemed a little bit out of control. When was the last time you were out of control? Well, let's see. Was it when the Cubs were in the playoff? Was it when we Cardinal fans were beat by the Cubs? They did what? How could they do that? How? And then the Cubs go along, and my grandson says to me, you know, Poppy, he said, since your team lost, will you go ahead and root for my team? And I said, sure, I'll, I'll go ahead and root for the Cubs. I kept waiting for something to root for. Well, I just insulted half the other part of the church, didn't I? People sometimes, yeah, I repent. Sometimes people can root and get excited for everything out here, and nobody thinks anything of it. Somebody goes to their favorite football team, and they take off their shirt and paint the front of their chest with paint and have the initial or the emblem of their team on. And people look and say, wow, what a fan. <laughs> you know what a fan for Jesus looks like? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said years ago, a fanatic is someone who loves Jesus more than you. Because they get a little wild. They get a little excited. When was the last time you came to church with an excitement in your heart? What's God going to do? Lord, you're going to use me in the gifts of the Spirit today? We need to all be coming in that way. Sometimes you get into places where people, the Holy Ghost begins to move, and somebody takes off running. Somebody falls to the ground and the Spirit of God is on them. And while they're laying on the ground, God heals them, does all kinds of work. But while they're standing there, the Spirit hits them and truly their physical body just gives way under the Spirit. God is a good God. And he wants you blessed and filled with his power and his strength. He wants you to know these blessings that are there. Be filled with the Spirit. When a person is saved, the Holy Spirit dwells with them, just like I mentioned. But the infilling is something that happens to empower you to do the work of God. Now, I want to read something. If some of you have the New King James in the bottom of the footnotes there under verse 18, it gives you a little bit of a definition, a little lesson in Greek. Because we know the New Testament was written in Greek where the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And uh, in 5.8, in verse 18, I'm sorry, 5.18, the footnotes say something like this. The tense of the Greek for be filled makes clear that such a spirit-filled condition does not stop with a single experience, 
but is maintained by continually being filled as commanded here. The Spirit is to influence all aspects of our lives, overflowing in transformed relationships, dynamic ministry, and enhanced worship, which includes a personal prayer language, tongues. So, for you teachers, please excuse me again here. Boy, I'm just insulting everybody today. I don't mean to. Here's some really bad English. You need to be being filled. You need to be being filled. Every day, receive from God. Let it be like a river that flows through us. Let's not just have a one-moment experience. Let's receive from God. Let's let him touch us every single day. Hallelujah. There's a little tiny chapter, one chapter in the Bible, in the book of Jude. It's back there right before the book of Revelation. Would you go back there with me? In Jude and verse 20. Single little chapter, but very powerful. And in verse 20, it says this. But you, beloved building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when you pray, you automatically get built up and edified with God? But when you pray in the Spirit, it specifically says, you will be edified. You will be built up. You hit some rough spots in your life, I want to encourage you to know how to pray to wait upon God. The devil would love to try to separate you. Something bad goes on in your life and it makes you think, okay, I gotta just pull back. I gotta, you know, I gotta get myself figured out here. Never pull back when bad things happen. That's the time to dig in. That's how when Ephesians talks about the armor of God, it says when you've done all to stand, stand. Hallelujah. Be determined that you're going to follow through with God. Hallelujah. All right. Well, one last scripture for us. We're going to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Read a couple of verses there. 1 Corinthians 14. You got to know that when the gifts of the Spirit happen for you, that will change your perspective. You know, it's hard to be a gossip and be filled with the Spirit. It's hard to put other people down and be filled with the Spirit. In our world today, right now, everything is real politically charged. People have taken sides on different issues with political parties, and if you say one thing, you might hurt somebody's feelings, and and you might get somebody mad at you, and you've got all kinds of issues that are out there. You know what? God can use anybody. Political party doesn't matter if it's God who wants to use them. And our faith, yes, it's important to know what we're believing for, and it's important to know that we support certain ideas, and it's great when we can see that somebody else has our same idea. But if somebody that you didn't vote for gets in office, you still need to pray for them. If we don't pray for them, who will? You can't sit back and say, well, we got them for two years. I guess we're stuck. We'll wait till the next election. Never let that be your attitude. Pray the Spirit of God over them. When you drive home today and you go by schools, pray for protection over our schools. Praise the Lord. That's part of our job. You've been given a gift to use it. Pray for your mayor. Pray for your governor. Goodness gracious, the state of Illinois needs lots of prayer. We've got to have a God intervention within our state. We've got people that won't talk to each other, won't vote on anything. We've got a governor who says, I'm not moving. We've got a legislature that's saying, we're not moving, and nobody's getting paid. One pharmacist I talked to, he said they have not received payment on time for things that date back up to two years ago. What's going to happen with our schools? I talked to one of the board members at Blackhawk College the other day. He said, we were called into special session to know that there most likely will not be a budget, and we're trying to figure out how we can run the college because we will not get any money from the state. Think about that. What kind of confusion? When was the last time you prayed for Illinois? Hmm. Well, and then for those of you who buy lottery tickets and don't let me know about it, 
I think you probably saw on the news about that, that the Illinois lottery will not pay anybody up to six. You know, once you get over $600, they give you an IOU. Can you imagine that? Hey, I won Lucky Lotto. Woohoo! I'm a millionaire. No, you're not. But someday when we have money, we'll pay you back. You can take that to the bank because we're the state of Illinois. Wow. Our state needs prayer. Are you there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Look with me at verse 13 through 15. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is my conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. Drop down to verse 18. The apostle is speaking here, and he says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. This is why we have a balance of everything we do at church. That's why we don't just come to church and only pray in the Spirit for hours. That's why we have English as well as the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We're open. God can do and interrupt us at any time. But it's important for us to know God has a reason that he allows his gifts to flow. And if you have unbelievers come in, they look and say, well, what's that? I don't understand that. Well, check it out. Verse 20. Look with me here. It says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and with other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Verse 22. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to the unbeliever. But prophesying is not for the unbeliever, but for those who believe. See, what he's saying is if people are going to come in who don't know about the gifts of the Spirit and they see someone speaking in tongues and they see the rest of the gifts of the operation going on in a church, they're going to be looking and saying, well, what is that? I've never seen that before. It's a sign for the unbeliever. You and I as believers, we don't need a sign that God is God. Hallelujah. It's something to know that you don't have to sit back and say, I'd invite somebody to church, Pastor, but they're going to think we're weird. They're going to think, and especially if you start singing in the Spirit, and people start singing in the Spirit, and it goes on for three or four minutes. That's going to be weird. Really? There's lots of weirdness that we do in churches. Some churches, when they baptize people, they dunk them three times. Some churches ring bells. Some people in some churches swing incense back and forth. I was in one church one time at a funeral, and they actually hit a gong. There's all kinds of different things that we do in the body of Christ. Don't be embarrassed about what you believe. But if you can find it in the word of God, live it and do it. Tongues are a sign that we still have a miracle working God. So is God going to make me speak in tongues? Absolutely not. God won't make you do anything. You have been given a free will. But the good news is if you hunger for the Lord... He will meet you. Worship team, if you'd come up, please. Well, pastor, can I still get to heaven and not speak in tongues? Of course. You're born again. If you're saved, you are a part of the kingdom of God. You're part of his family. Remember, the gifts are there to empower you. The gifts are there to equip you. You know, I'll never forget hearing the story of one missionary that was in a particular place and he was ministering and speaking, and all of a sudden the interpreter he had with him had gotten sick and had to leave the room, and everybody was waiting on him. And so as he was praying, he was just waiting on God what he was supposed to do. And as he was waiting on God, the Lord said, listen, go ahead and just start speaking, and I'll give you the words to say. He said, start speaking in tongues. And so he stood there in front of that congregation, speaking in tongues. He was just speaking like he normally would in his prayer language. And he noticed a little bit of a change in his prayer language, but he just kept doing it. 
And as he was watching the people that were there in the village, some of the people were saved, some of the people were not. But they were in this place, and they began to hear the gospel in their own language. It was just like a day of Pentecost moment. Remember when all those people were there in Jerusalem from different places, and they heard the apostles preach in their own language, and they believed and made Jesus Lord and Savior of their life. God will use his gifts in miraculous ways. That doesn't mean that people don't need to go to language school if they're going to go on the mission field. Of course they do. They need to learn how to communicate. But the important thing is God's given you a spirit to get you through tough times as well as good times because he is more than enough. Let's stand together. Will you join me? If you're already born again, praise the Lord. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, I encourage you this morning to take that first step and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and give me a brand new beginning. If that's in your heart, God will touch you and save you today and you'll be a part of the kingdom of God. But the same thing with the gifts of the Spirit. If you've never had that moment, if you've never had that experience and you're wanting it, you've heard us talk about it for several weeks, just open up yourself to God. We'll open up the altar if you need prayer for that or if you need prayer for healing in your body, we invite you to come down, we'll pray over you. God is God. And when you ask him something in faith, the Spirit of God will move inside of you. So will you join me? Just close your eyes and let's go to prayer. Hallelujah. You that are already born again, would you begin to just thank God for your salvation? Would you just take a moment and give him glory? And while you're praying that, if there's someone here who has never given their heart to Christ and you'd like to, just say this prayer right where you are, and he will change your life. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new beginning. I declare that you are my God and I will serve you all the days of my life. If that's your prayer, you have just been born again. And you can lift up your hands too and begin to thank God because he is more than enough. If you need prayer, feel free to come. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.